on episode 57 of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast. Man, we got a lot going on today. There is so much news in WWE over the last 24 to 48 hours, including the return of Christian, a positive COVID-19 test from a WWE Performance Center recruit, changes in safety, Ric Flair's return, all sorts of stuff going on in WWE and even AEW. And we'll get to that this episode of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast number 57, brought to you by thesportster.com. Here we go. It's a busy week, busy few days, busy 24 hours in WWE. Yeah. Brandon in to talk about it with us. Hey, Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I normally don't cut you off during the intro, but I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a pretty busy time. For, well, we uh, weren't going to do this for a couple days, and then the poop hit the fan. I was going to message you before you messaged me. Um, I was going to message you tomorrow and be like, hey, should we talk about what's going on and not like stretch this out for another week or so? Because yes. at that point, like this, it's going to be way too much. Either it's going to be a two-hour podcast, or we're going to be talking about everything so briefly that it's it, it doesn't do it justice, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've got at least two or three things that we have to cover here today in the next half an hour to forty-five minutes or whatever. Uh, before we do that, let's remind everybody where they can hear us. They can go on any podcast platform: uh, the wrestlingwriteups.com, the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter accounts, all sorts, and download this this podcast, listen to it, subscribe to it, rate it, share it, uh, comment on it, give us a five-star rating on Apple Play, uh, all sorts of stuff so that we can get this out there. Uh, we'd love for more listeners to join us. And, of course, if you want to predict pay-per-views with us, we now have a new game. Yes. It's on patreon.com slash Jim Parsons where you can join up with me and you can kind of go in and predict every match on every pay-per-view for WWE and AEW moving forward. And I'll give you the card. I'll lay it all out as advertised by the companies. You just got to pick your winners. We'll keep a running tally. The leaders, maybe we'll give something out. I don't know. We'll have to figure out how we're going to all do this. But for the most part, it's just going to be fun. Um, join us for that. I know it's going to cost a buck a month. I apologize for the buck part, but got to keep up with it. Got to be able to keep the running total, make the cards, all that stuff. So that's what that covers. So if you're interested in doing that, patreon.com slash Jim Parsons. You can join us for that one. We've already done a couple. I'm 100%, by the way. I'm 14 for 14 so far. Wow. I, I know. Uh, I can probably never last, you but... that I am very, very, very bad at this so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know I just, just... From the, just from the takeover. So when we did our takeover predictions, basically, I mean, it's not basically. Every single match that I did, I said, well, I think it's going to be this person, but I wish it was this person. I was wrong about, like, how many matches were there? Like, not, like There were six. I think I did it for five of them. Like, it, it was bad. I think the only one that I got correct, um, that's not true, actually. I got two correct, but for the most part, I got the ones that I wanted to be right wrong because of, like, just me overthinking it, I think. So if, if I was actually, um, you know, holding any stake in this as something important, this would be bad news for me. <laughs> yeah. No, this is supposed to be fun. We want to give yeah. people a, a, a chance to interact with us, to do what we do, and we're just doing it anyway for fun. Yeah, and exactly. Join us and have some fun with us. There's nothing really riding on it, just to keep up with the pay-per-views. Give, if you ever watch hockey or sports or baseball, and you put a little something on somebody or a team to win, you just get more invested in it, right? Like, yeah. you just want to – I remember the guys here at the sports who were going through stuff, and they were going, you know what, let's uh, – 
we're just we're we're trash talking each other through the whole pay per view, right? Who's got this one right? Who's got this one wrong? No, you're never gonna do this. Like it's fun. It's just that's the whole point. So and like uh, even then, like you don't even need to have anything on the game. Even just like the pride of like I like this team, you like that team, or I like this wrestler, you like that wrestler. Or, like being able to say like, hey, I won. Bragging rights, right? Like that's yeah. that's it's fun. So anybody who wants to do that can join us. It's up and going right now. Patreon.com/slash Jim Parsons. All right, cheap plug out of the way. So the elephant in the room. COVID-19, we've had this elephant in the world for a while now, and WWE has narrowly escaped outside of one staff member uh, catching something, but that staff member apparently wasn't in contact with really anybody. That's crazy that it's only one. Yeah. Like, that's actually insanity, considering, like, you have, like, sports teams and whatever who have, you know, apparently abided by the rules, and they, they've stayed home, and they've separated themselves, and they've quarantined, and whatever it is, and you've got multiple for certain teams. WWE has been open door, like they've been running their ship. They've been doing three shows a week. Uh, I know a lot of it's pre-taped, and I know a lot of it's done on the same day. And whatever it is, regardless, though, they're still doing their shows. They're still doing um, live broadcasts for a lot of it. Uh, big crews, right? You still got the cameras. You still got the the sound guys. You got the people in the back. You got the people on the front. You got the announcers, the wrestlers, whatever it is. One person got it, and it wasn't even a performer like in ring. Good for them. That's yeah. actually very impressive. Well, the problem with that, though, and I don't want to say this to say that it would hope more people get it. Obviously, that's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But the problem with that is that WWE appears to have gotten lazy. So they've been narrowly escaping any positive tests. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't tested anybody since then. They've been doing medical fever checks as people come in and out of the building. They've been sort of, but you've seen it every week. More and more people in the audience. More and more people around the ring. They've got like the plexiglass, but people, yeah, yeah, people they, that are already at the performance center doing their thing. They might as well be in the crowd. Is kind of what they're going for here, right? So they haven't really been testing anybody. Well, now they find out last night during RAW that somebody has tested positive. This person wasn't on TV, but they haven't really said. And I didn't. I don't know if maybe you've read it somewhere. They haven't acknowledged or said if this person was ever in the crowd for one of these shows. So we don't know who they've been exposed to and who they haven't been. And so now they've shut down all the TV tapings today on Tuesday and they tested everybody that they could and they're going to keep doing it when I think maybe tomorrow, some more tomorrow, even Mojo Raleigh put a video about him getting tested on Twitter and they've been trying to recoup all this stuff and they've said, okay, well, yes, no, we didn't, be, we haven't been testing everybody, but we've been doing medical checks. They've been six feet apart. There's been no audience members, only family and friends. They've been staying six feet away from each other. We've been hearing to all the guidelines, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, come on, like they screwed up here. Like this is pretty obvious that they should have done more that the minute that this person found out. And even if this person hadn't been diagnosed, that they should have been doing medical tests. They should have been not relaxing on their testing procedures. They should have been watching who was coming in and who wasn't. And they're especially for all the reasons I mentioned, right? Like if you have all these shows and all these people, you should especially be doing as much testing as you can. Yeah. Well, and if they don't have anybody else test, they're going to have dodged a bullet here, right? Yeah. So now what comes next is really important because they got a bunch of bad PR from this and they're going to have to kind of manage that and hope nobody else tests positive. And then what do you do? Because you had Ric Flair on the show last night for crying out loud. Yeah. As in his 70s, eight, who's yeah. totally susceptible to this thing. <laughs> who's also and been they, like almost like deathly ill like a few times in the last right. couple of years, right? And I, so I he, there was ahead. no testing when he showed up, right? Like what's going on? And you have to imagine now... And I don't necessarily know, and he hasn't confirmed, and we shouldn't necessarily speculate, but guys like Sami Zayn, 
are not at the show, have pulled themselves out since WrestleMania. We have to assume because they're concerned about this thing. Roman Reigns says he's at home because of his family, but you got to know with his leukemia, that's playing a major role in him not coming back. Of course. Anything related to anyone that's a little older, maybe has some health issues. Immunocompromised. Uh, like risk, any of yeah. that. All of those storylines, everything that would have involved those people coming back, it's got to be off now. Don't you think? I mean, I would say so. I think even just like the, let's say he didn't have leukemia thing. He does have a family at home, right? So you have to say, it's not just the, the athletes in the ring or in a sport or whatever. It's also, hey, I have two kids and a wife or three kids and a wife or two kids and a husband or whatever it is at home. Like, or even just a husband. Like sometimes you don't want to, if, if you live with people, you don't want to bring them at risk uh, because you are doing your job. And if, if you have the ability to stay home, which WWE seems to be saying like, yeah, I mean, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, like if they want to stay home, they're allowed to because they understand what this is. We don't know what the actual conversations are, and I don't think we ever will, right? Is it as simple as, hey, no problem, go home? Is it a little bit more? Is there actual like judgment? We don't know. We'll never know. Well, and you important. can't, there's no way WWE can say to anybody now that says, I'm worried. Yeah, don't be worried. Right? Yeah, you know no, what I mean? I mean, like if anybody comes to them at this point and says, I don't yeah. think like you guys are doing what you're supposed to be doing, I'm uncomfortable, I'd like to go home, how does WWE say no? Mm-hmm. like you got to let them leave. So yeah. if that's the case, what were those people involved in and who might those people be? If anybody, we don't know, but you have to assume somebody's now uncomfortable having heard that. Okay. You know, it's fine. Nobody's tested anything. We're all good. We're, you know, we're nearly escaping all of this stuff. Oh no, we didn't. Somebody's sick. Right. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden you're like, I'm not really feeling good, good about this. And you have to think, man, did somebody get, sick because they haven't been testing anybody and they're not really sure who else might be sick and they're doing all these tests today i mean if somebody else comes out and has this oh my goodness right like, yeah because you're talking about hundreds of employees that are constantly around each other well and, and, it'll, and they're it, not it, social distancing we know they're not because they're literally the ring yeah <laughs> and when they say when they say that people are six feet apart from each other in the crowd i mean that's, that's total horse crap we, we watched the street profits do their entrance yesterday and they went through the crowd high-fiving everybody See, well, by the way who many of them were sitting and standing right beside each other yeah i don't know that's weird i will say this too i look at the stock market every day and every single stock and and whatever it is like in my portfolio slash on my like watch list is up today every single one of them this like 40 or 50 stocks that are up except for one one is down 1.41 percent wwe is down today yeah it's <laughs> so not i don't good. know the bad I press mean, maybe real. this happens anyway you know what i mean but the optics of them having not been testing people having all it just does not look good and it's a problem now even if they get away with nobody else being sick like they're gonna have to reshuffle a little bit and go oh crap man we got some pr to to make up here right uh which which isn't great so you know, that's kind of the whatever. They stopped all the tapings today. They, they're they already adjusting, and we'll see where this goes and what else happens here. But you have to expect something else is, is coming down the tubes here, um, and hopefully it's not bad news before it's good news. Now, speaking of Ric Flair, and he was in the show last night, what's your first immediate reaction to the Christian return? Now, we knew he was coming back. We've reported on this for a while. We didn't know exactly when he was going to come back regularly now it's been the last two weeks we didn't think he was going to get physical necessarily because he said he couldn't um but there was buzz before the show yesterday that he potentially might get involved with something might make some sort of return 
And they danced around it pretty good last night. He didn't really get all that physical. You know, got hit in the nuts, and then he got the punt, which didn't really require him to do anything but go down to his knees and roll over. But did, did uh, he retire from injury, or did he just retire because he retired? Yeah, no, yeah, he's got sincere, like, like super serious concussion issues, spinal issues, all sorts of crazy stuff uh, to the point okay. where he said, uh, when people have asked him, you know, coming back because Edge came back and stuff, he's like, yeah, we have different injuries. Like, I'm never coming back. And also, right? like that, that's that's if if they have the exact same injury. It doesn't mean that they're both treatable in the same way. Like that would be ridiculous. You can't just lump things together like that. People are yeah. Weird like I don't. I, some people that are like, well, maybe he's like Daniel Bryan. The concussion issues. Why do you do what Daniel Bryan did? Or sometimes like he's like Edge. Why do you do what Edge <laughs> did? It's like, well, it's not really like that, right? Like he's got his own issues, his own injuries that he's dealing with on his own, and he may or may not be as or less or more motivated than any one other one. Like you don't. You every case study is so different. But he's repeatedly said in interviews, he's like, that's not happening. I'm not coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, now the whispers are even Booker T t- said today, he's like, I'll get, I'll bet you money that Christian comes back for extreme rules because he's going to get the itch. It's like, we don't necessarily know what Christian can and cannot do. Yeah, We've heard I'm him say, of it. Like, right? He can't. I'm terrified of guys like this doing it. Like Daniel Bryan, Edge, like when they come back from injuries like this, like, Man, you were out. Daniel Bryan, not so much because he was still. Yeah, in it. I was gonna say Daniel like, Bryan's a little different because for that whole time he was arguing that he's like, I'll just leave. Like, if you're not gonna let me go and then you're not gonna medically clear me, every other wrestling promotion will. So I'll, I'll go somewhere else and wrestle. Like he was adamant that he was coming back, and he was adamant for years before he came back that he was coming yeah. back. Right. But, so but he, it's still he scary. knew something nobody else seemed to know. But even though like you know Bree was like, no, this is not a good idea and stuff like that. But. He got natural fear, of course. Yeah, she. I mean, well, if I have. If I'm. And he's been wrestling maybe more than better. anybody since he came back. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that I thought guy, he was supposed to do part time. Like I thought yeah. he was going to do a lot of he's, he's, he's what? Even he says that. Like even he said he's like I'm wrestling way more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> and he constantly talks about how he's going to take more time off, but he never seems to do it. And he's on he there for show. It. Yeah, he's addicted he to it. And like yeah. I mean, this if if nothing else, Edge's return shows you that like there really is like some kind of like high like an adrenaline rush that you can't replicate elsewhere because like these guys can't hang it up like edge was done for years right you're talking about a decade yeah i was in high school when edge wrestled his last match before this one i am a few years graduated from university at this point like <laughs> that's pretty insane well and edge if you watch that documentary edge never like intended to come back like it wasn't one of those things where he was like i've been out for a while i yeah, really it's not like what christian to... said it wasn't like, it's kind of a total accident like he was doing acting and he needed to do be more active in some of the stunt roles and stuff. And he was realizing that it didn't hurt. Uh, so he's like, huh? And then he did that video with Seamus where he wiped out on his mountain bike and he's like, I'm totally fine. What the hell? Yeah. Right. And so then, then it kind of clued in. He's like, well, what is possible here? Right. He got himself in good shape. And then he's like, okay, let's Great check shape, it out. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. He's Great in the best shape. Um, so then it, it turned into that. Christian, I don't know that he's even, I mean, we don't know who knows what he's saying versus what he's thinking, but he hasn't talked about coming back. He hasn't talked about a return. In fact, he's done the opposite. Every time it's asked, he's like, no, like it's not, it's not happening. He to the point where he's like, I don't even want to get physical. I don't even want to return on TV because I can't get physical and I want to. Right? Yeah, so, like I don't want to take a bump or something. Like, I mean, most times if you're in the ring, you expect something to happen. Like whether it's them laying a punch or someone laying a punch, you expect most things to not end with just two guys walking out of the ring. Right? Well, you don't like want to be useless, right? You don't want to come back at TV and do nothing. Yeah. No right? one like, wants to be, and this is no disrespect to Bret Hart, but no one wants to be Bret Hart, where you go into the ring and you literally can't even be touched because you're a liability, you're a risk for injury. Um, and again, that's not Bret Hart's fault. It sucks for Bret Hart that he's like that. 
And I, I guarantee you, he wish he could still. I bet you, Bret Hart would still be doing physical stuff to this day if he never had those injuries. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that would love it too much. Um, the issue is, like you said, you don't want to feel useless, and and you see sometimes where it's like, oh, these guys are so. I don't want to say fragile, but like they're they're at such risk that you literally can't even like look at them almost because you're afraid they're going to get hurt. Uh, and it's not so much like well they'll get hurt. It's also well you don't want them to get hurt on live television. Like you don't want a guy to literally go down and be like well this guy was a risk and we hurt him. So yeah. for Christian, I mean I'm terrified of that. But well, what's your I'm immediate not, thought? Do you think he'll come back for Extreme Rules or was yeah. what we saw last night the end of him? No, I think that should look like you're writing him off TV again. I, right, like he 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 was trash talked the whole way out. Like, yes, he's obviously going to have motivation, Randy Orton doing that to him, but that didn't seem like a Christian who was coming back next week. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I really don't. I don't know where they go from here because Edge isn't going to be wrestling another match, right? Like, this is just kind of well, he's out for four to six months, right? Oh well, is that real or is that just giving him some that's time? Real. To, like... That's real. That's real. He tore his tricep. Did he actually? It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't... Well, wow. Everybody seems to be confirming it now. There are multiple reports on different sites, including WWE, that has confirmed that he had surgery, and they showed a picture of it last night on oh, Raw. I hate that. Right? I hate so, they that. <laughs> so they they had that picture. So he's out four to six months at home rehabbing. And I, I, I was, yeah, I assumed it was just like kayfabe kind of thing. But yeah, I mean that's uh, it. Also sucks. Like you're you're at risk because of your your neck and everything, and then to tear your tricep. <laughs> well, and the crazy part is he didn't even, from what I understand, he didn't even do it in the first run of the match. He did it in the retakes. So they did the whole match. They shot everything. There was a couple things they wanted to do again, so they reshot some of the stuff, and he did it then. Which is also weird that like we're in a world where that happens. Well, they pre-taped it, right? So they, I mean, yeah, they have the luxury of being able to do it. Yeah. Well, and you have to know. And I look. I want to ask you this question too did, did you watch the match yes of course. okay yeah i, I want to get into that for sure okay i want i want to go through it for a few reasons and i want to kind of give you like i i i don't even know if i'll have it all the top of my head now because i was thinking in the moment well i can't wait to talk about it on the podcast but i'll do my best to kind of replicate what i was thinking when we get there but go on okay well my point being is that they had so much going on in that match that pre-taping it was a must right like that must have been their idea going in if they're going to call this the greatest wrestling match ever and they're going to need way. I called it on Twitter. I said, this is a perfect example of misdirection. If you know what a yeah. magician does, they misdirect you to the actual thing they want you to focus on, which is the fact that this is not going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time. So how do we get you to pay attention to other stuff? And they put so much stuff in there. They put, you know, the tribute to Howard Finkel. They had the ref drift in the, in the eighties garb. They had, I, I love all the, of that. It was so good. Piped in crowd noise. They had the chance. They had, pulling out all the different wrestlers finishers they had blood they had people swearing they had also like everything you could possibly throw into a match to distract you from the idea that this isn't going to be the it was a very good match by the way let well, me say that and I, like i keep yeah. saying this when i write this stuff down or whatever i'm like it was an awesome match it was excellent was it the best no was it ever going to be the best of course not but mm -hmm. they needed and they knew it and they needed a way and i'm sure edge and randy orton knew it but they needed a way to kind of say okay this isn't just about being the greatest wrestling match ever. This is about being the the most unique and strangest match ever. So they added all that stuff in there, which made it very hard for me to actually just focus on what the match was mm -hmm. versus what I watched, right? And listened to and paid attention to and focused on, which was everything around it, right? So it was like, I don't know that you'll ever be able to separate those two things now because that match was so weird. Um, but it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure now that I love the idea of the piped-in crowd noise. It was weird. I think, 
I've, I've actually was okay with it. So here, I mean, I was okay mind. with it for parts of it. Sure. Uh, I, I think you, yeah, I think that is fair being selective in way, but it's also, I mean, it's still new for them as well, right? They've got to kind of figure out what works, what doesn't work. Yeah, um, and this was a big test to test. And, but if it was pre-taped, you, this is also a good chance to be like, well, we can. This is all in post. We could just, we should be able to figure it out as we're going. I, I agree. But um, so leading up to it, obviously during the week we had AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, which, by the way, I can't believe that was just a match on SmackDown. And not on well, the I, you have to know that they didn't put them on the same card because for a yeah <laughs> but right? the thing is is when i watched that match i was like Edge and randy orton isn't even gonna be the best match of this week yeah. <laughs> like come on what, what are we even doing here so that match starts off obviously you got brendan yuri and like the kind of the disco he's singing his song like the uh the greatest show whatever and i was like that's fantastic right away in my opinion he's the greatest singer of all time um i'll argue that till the day i die that's neither here nor there so you right away you get you get people feeling like the the emotion of it then you get uh, actually, before that even, you had Edge's entrance, which right away gets people excited, right? Edge comes out, you know, this is his first match in nine and a half years. Then you have, like, Patty Lisco, Brendan Urie, setting the mood. Then you have Howard Finkel. You have, of course, like, old-school referee in the old-school referee gear. Like, perfect mm-hmm. uh, perfect storm. You have blood. You have the swearing. You have the crowd noise. You've got the reactions. You've got the chanting. You've got everything. But even beyond that, like, just the match itself, talk about... So it was, like, 20 minutes into the match when I was, like... It's not the best match ever, but, like, it's actually, it's pretty good. And that was only, like, halfway through the match. Yeah. Like, they did such a good job at storytelling. Like, well, Edge hasn't done it in a while. He's rusty. And you see Orton kind of, like, outsmarting him and, like, kind of embarrassing him a few times. And then Edge starts to get some... It was the perfect swell of, like, Edge kind of getting his his groove back. And then um, false finishes, kicking out of finishers, finishers not actually happening, throwback moves. I don't know if you noticed this, but I remember when I was watching it, Edge went for Christian's finisher. And I was thinking, oh, he's going for the unprettier. Because in my yeah. mind, it's always going to be called the unprettier. Yeah, yeah. And then he didn't get it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Then he goes for it. And I was like, awesome. If they call the, if they, only they would call it the unprettier, then it would be so much better. As I was having that thought, they called it the unprettier instead of the kill switch. And I was like, oh my god, they called it the unprettier. Like, they had everything going for them in that match. And on top of the match being really, really, really good. Like, I was genuinely shocked at how good the match was. Well, okay. it was booked. It was booked like an Iron Man match, you know. Like if you got two guys in there for a sixty-minute Iron Man match, and then yeah. you're laying it out on a piece of paper, and you're going, "Okay, how are we gonna get to sixty minutes?" Or well, we gotta work. We, yeah, we gotta work really slowly at yeah. first. Then we gotta add these things in. Then we gotta be able to distract people with this, and then we gotta start the like. These are the only two guys that could have gotten away with pulling out eight different finishers from different wrestlers. Like they had Eddie Guerrero suplexes. <laughs> they had the pedigree. They had the spear. They had, I mean, Edge just had spear. anyway. Yeah. yeah, and they had all that stuff, right? Um, but they worked their way to it, just like an Iron Man w- match would, so that they could get through all however many minutes it was. Mm-hmm. It was a good match, but it was just really quite interesting in the way that WWE decided to approach it, because they're like, okay, we've built this thing as such, and we probably know, as good as these two are, it's not going to happen. So what else can we do here? To... Well, they did everything. Yeah, <laughs> and they did, and they did everything. And... I'm very curious, and this is, you know, let's move over to another topic, but, you know, whatever the word I'm looking for is, um, transfers over pretty well, is that Paul Heyman, how much was he involved in this? Because now Paul Heyman's gone, right? So he's back in an on-ring role or in-ring role 
whatever it is that Lesnar returns, and who knows when. That's the hell such that's a weird there. way to phrase it. Like I was in ring, but like they meant like he's a manager again. He's like right. in front of like in front of the camera performer, like on screen performer, rather than like behind the scenes guy. Well, you're but basically like, it, yeah, you're basically taking him out of the whole equation because there's no Lesnar right now. Yeah, right now, and that's the only guy he manages. It's not like he's Bobby Heenan or Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. or. Zelina Vega, even who has multiple people under her statement. He's got Brock Lesnar, who's not on TV. So bye bye, Paul Heyman. I mean, that's basically what's happening here. Right? I, but I mean, I assume he's still getting paid. He's going to just sit at home for now and like, OK, well, use me when you want me. <laughs> well, yeah, he's getting paid as, as an on air talent, but he's not getting paid as an executive director anymore. You know, Bruce Pritchard's running that. So I have a couple questions for you. One, how much do you think that Heyman was involved in the Edge and Randy Orton match? And two, did you like the first draw without Heyman at the helm? Uh, the first draw was actually surprisingly pretty good. Uh, I love that. I, I, I like it. Fantastic. Yeah, I think as far as draws go, they booked it really well. Um, there's a lot of really funny moments on it. They they kind of uh, there's only a few things that even stood out as like eh. Most of it was real, it was good. Like a lot of it hit. So I'll, I'll say good. Um, that's also just one, so I want to see more before I like say that this is the right decision. You got to be. I think that where you can really make up your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Paul Heyman also has some really good runs as well. I think for, he was kind of the fall guy for this, unfortunately, and I think everyone kind of understands that for some reason. Like he just had to take the blame, and I don't even know if they publicly were like he's the problem here. They just said, "Hey, we're moving in a different direction," and everyone looks at that and says, "Oh, they fired him," which technically well, they yeah. did. But obviously, it's not like them saying, "Well, he was so bad at his role that we had to get rid of him." This is well, just that's the that's the word, right? Like that, not that he was bad at his role, but he and Vince butted heads a lot. Well, of course right? they did. This again has his ideas, and Paul Heyman is maybe one of the greatest minds in the industry, so he's always going to be adamant about his ideas. Yeah, um, I, and that I would was say probably, that he was probably the issue, right? Like when you've got a guy who's as creative as Heyman, who is really going to bat for his ideas. At some point, if Vince doesn't like those ideas, there's friction there, right? Yeah. And when does Vince go, hey, well, I don't love what you're doing here. Our ratings are shit. And we got Bruce Pritchard over here, who I have a huge history with, who will usually write for the things that he knows I like. Because yeah. um, he's smart. It just makes a lot more sense. And, and it's a job, right? He knows what will keep him hired. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I think that Paul Heyman was definitely instrumental in the Street Profits and Viking Raiders stuff, right? Like the, the Viking Profits stuff. Yeah. So with that logic, I would assume that he was very involved in Orton versus Edge too. Like it would be it would be kind of weird to assume that he would be so. And I mean, I'm only guessing, obviously, that he was big for the Viking Profits stuff. But I thought that whole segment was tremendous. Like it was probably the highlight of the night for me until Orton versus Edge happened, which um, surprised me that that stood out so much. Yeah. Uh, I will say this too: really good pay per view. Like, yeah, it was I, good. I was there really was a, it was I I labeled it when I wrote my article about it. I said, "Is it the most polarizing pay per view ever?" Because I saw a lot of the opposite opinion. I really enjoyed the pay per view, um, but I saw a lot of people trashing it, like that that really didn't like it. And I liked it for multiple reasons. I liked it how the in ring action was quite good. Yeah. You know, there was like the Lashley and McIntyre match was excellent. Really, really the good. Triple right? threat women's tag team match was excellent. excellent. Yeah. Right. Like there was there was a lot even Andrade and Apollo on the pre show was good. Like really good. There yeah, was a lot of Bronson really... and Miz and Morrison had like even just good little story building there, and even well, like and them doing their smart. song. Like, yeah. you know, they adding the whole stipulation that whoever gets the pin or submission is the lone holder of the title. Yeah, like, that so was you, a you... last minute ad, but mm-hmm. that was really smart because you knew the Miz and Morrison weren't going to win. 
Like, so he now just you give him a reason to not win, but also not look weak or anything. Right. Like, like, that was really smart. And so there was a lot that happened in the paper. Now, the one thing, and you enjoyed it, and I actually enjoyed it too, but where I was like, what the hell's going on here was the Viking Prophet stuff because some of it was excellent, and then some of it was like, what are they doing? I love <laughs> yeah. the ninjas. Like, that was unreal. That was so uh, good. Like- that that uh, that big ninja at the end, like, is he gonna be? Is he just like a random guy? Was that forced perspective? Is he gonna, does he have a contract with the company, or is he a performance? He's a center? performance center recruit. Yeah. Okay. So actually, Jordan, I do. Jordan Abgomdem or something like that. Yeah, is his I was name. gonna say he's, I do know him actually. He's, he's a former basketball player, and he yeah. signed it. He's not ever been on TV, but he's done some live events, and I don't imagine he's gonna be on TV for a long time. In fact, I was a little shocked that the ninjas came back on Monday. And maybe just to yeah. build on what their appearance was on Sunday. But, like, I, I hope that they do. I think Akira Tozawa is highly underrated and super funny. And as a ninja with his own clan of ninja, or, that would be great. Like, it would be so much. And our truth and Akira Tozawa together, even though it was brief on Monday, I was like, this is comedic gold. Like, yeah. please do more of this, right? And the, the big guy doesn't need to do much. He just needs to stand there. I mean, like when you mentioned like that, like who he was, I was like, yeah, no way, wait, wait, wait. I, I absolutely remember this um, because I, I, I he's huge. Like he's like really, really Seven big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. and I was like, well, that's uh, that's a project. That well, when you're standing gonna... beside a Kira Tozawa, you look massive. Right? That's what I also even I look big compared to him, probably. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he's a he's a giant guy. Um, so we'll see if they do more of this. I can imagine maybe a couple more weeks of it and then they'll probably disappear again. But um yeah i don't expect there to be a long-term stuff but i watched that like b- between what i didn't love about it at first was they seemed to hate each other when you yeah. watch all the other segments leading up to it they They're were all buddy, buddy by the time they were done and they were learning to not hate each other they were I like hey, the we're actually quite weird. quite yeah. friendly we'd start to respect each other and like each other for what we can do and our differences and stuff like uh, and then, by the way they they're beating crap so much they can't they can't help but fight each other backstage i was like they just spent what we are blood to believe is weeks and weeks and weeks doing like random stuff without fighting and then all of a sudden, like, they have a match, and that's when they can't handle, like, but yeah, I, I also thought that was weird. But, I mean, they and did then, a good like, job of being, like, like, this escalated so quickly. I love the Street Profits. They're real. And the Viking Raiders, obviously, they were, like, they got the short of the stick of a call-up. They're, they're really funny. I think this is really good for Vin, like for them and for instance, to see, like, hey, these guys are really talented, but also they're more than just wrestlers. Like, they're hilarious. Well, and the people who are arguing against this thing are probably stuck in the whole frame of mind that the Viking Raiders should be booked differently. Right, like I mean, sure, they, but that's, they, that's the way they were in out. NXT is they're like killers and dangerous, and, and they have not been booked that. Way. They were booked that way at the beginning when they got called up, but it has not been. Jobs, that way. Jo- yeah, but it was against jobbers anyway. So who cares? Yeah, you knew it was coming the way they changed their name like three times, but like they've at least grasped what WWE wants to do here, and they're running with it. You know, they seem to be okay with it. They don't. They they are entertaining as all whatever, yeah. and. I think it's been fine. The whole sea monster in the dumpster thing, or the fact that maybe the match didn't even happen because the referee's like, "Yeah, what are you guys doing out here? You're supposed to yeah. wrestle right away." Like <laughs> I couldn't quite wrap my head around that. That said, it was really entertaining, so it was fun to watch. And I wasn't expecting it because it was like a last minute addition to the card. Like I think they announced it that morning, they so did, yeah. we're just thinking it's a throw-in card in the pre-show, and then it's a cinematic match. So they've known for the whole however long they were doing it. Right? Yeah, so they, they didn't record it that day. Like, that was, yeah, yeah, they just sort of threw this whole thing. They'd probably taken days to make and threw it on the pay-per-view. So it was interesting. But Maybe they yeah, didn't I, ever intend to put crazy. it on the pay-per-view. No, they must have because they set it up before Braun Strowman. So, yeah, it was the second to last minute. It was the second to last match on the card. Yeah, no, no, I know. But like they set it up with like Braun Strowman's showing up at the arena today. And like, they showed up parking his car. So they're trying to set up like this is the same day. Uh, 
and I wonder what the deal is there. Like uh, when well, it they actually, didn't address Braun Strowman being upset about it at all, so we'll see if that goes anywhere. But yeah, I mean, I assume it will. Yeah, who knows? But Big Show was a surprise. I wasn't expecting to see him last night. If we get involved, I'll tell you that guy. Holy moly! Ever I think the last four times he showed up on TV, he's been a heel, babyface, heel, babyface. <laughs> like and there's That's no there's no explanation. Any- does like, anything he was, encapsulate a career more than that, though? Like, oh my he's, God. he's got he was more on, heel face strength than anyone. So funny. He was on last night, and he was a baby face. The last time he was on TV, he challenged Drew McIntyre at the end of WrestleMania. And Which actually was like, yeah, a few months ago. And he was a bad guy. And then before that, he was helping out. Uh, oh, shoot. Who was he helping out? He was a baby face. And then, uh, I can't remember, but he came on and as a surprise, something as a team. Um, but, yeah, just was crazy. Was it Strowman? Maybe. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look, but it was, yeah, he's just flip flop so many times. He's like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't care. Like it, it, he's, uh, like, it was the Viking prophets. So no, it was last night. It was, um, who was it months ago? Was it Kevin Owens? Maybe. It might've been Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe. Yeah. That was the deal. Yeah. So that I mean, just crazy stuff, right? Anyway. Yeah, no, it was an interesting raw. It's been an interesting couple days. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with this, covid stuff we'll have to see where it goes wwe's being sued again there now there's one of these reformally released guys recently released guys a witness in a case against them on the saudi arabia stuff they're counter suing right well yeah yeah they're gonna throw it out i guess apparently three law firms came after them two have already dismissed it because they provided some information they're like oh yeah this isn't worth going after and then the third group ignored it and got this wrestler whoever it is and i don't we won't speculate as to who it is but we can probably guess if we look at all the release people that mm-hmm. were on that saudi show um and you know said yeah they were blah 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 so they're going after but wwe's not going to lose that thing there's just no way but that's i mean it's been a busy couple days for vince mcmahon i'll tell you that much yeah no kidding so much so i don't even know if there's really anything worthwhile to talk about in AEW, and that's kind of you know i don't know what you want to talk about if anything fighter fest is coming up right away but the fortuitous that nothing really happened in the aw right now because obviously we were trying to we can't cramp everything into the same show well and and not only that but sometimes no news is good news you know what i mean like if you're aw and you're watching all this this crap go down to wb you're probably like well of the news we mentioned a lot of it was covid stuff and some of it was lawsuit stuff so yeah, yeah, you're right. Sometimes no news is good news. Well, but look, also stock dropping like that. That's who would issue. who would you have thought though when all this began? Who would you have figured would have been the first company to have a COVID issue? Probably My pick would have been AEW. I would have said WWE. Well, look, AEW had they, had wrestlers in the crowd the day it happened. The day they had to stop shooting. But I would say that WWE is a bigger crew, regardless. Well, and a bigger roster and people that are back there. Plus, they, I didn't even yeah, know but, the and guys were even there. But if if what we're hearing is correct, when they started shooting in WWE, there were literally the crew, so the camera crew, the producers, the people working the boards, the announcers, stuff like that crew, which exists on both companies, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then there was wrestlers being filtered in and out, being bussed from hotels, not staying together. So there were like two people literally in the building at the same time. They would come and do their match and they would leave. There was no crowd, like none. Right, they had an empty, and people trashed the show for weeks because there was no one in the crowd, and AEW was doing such a better job of it because they had people there. Like and my instinct would have been AEW would have had an issue because they had people everywhere, and they weren't and social. The crowd was being involved too. The crowd was still was being involved with AEW in the matches and stuff. Like they were like like randomly just like hitting a guy in the crowd, like one of the wrestlers or whatever. Like they were still involved. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, they had like I, I battle royals and stuff, right? But but I think that just in general. Um, 
there's so many people in WWE. And because like, even if you, I, I guess if you're saying from day one, who would I have said? Maybe AEW just because of what you just said, the precautions that were taken. But then we also mentioned that they got lazy. Well, that's and what I'm saying. That's where I was going next. Is like from the very beginning, you would assume I would have assumed maybe AEW. That's fair. And then you started to watch what WWE was doing, and they're like, okay, well, the plexiglass is a good idea, um, but they've loosened the reins on who's in the matches, what's going on, who's around the ring. Excuse me for a second. They had to sneeze. Um, so they really, COVID, huh? Yeah, so they were just talking about it. It makes me sneeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although Vince McMahon would say I'm weak. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, they've loosened the reins so badly now that they've kind of stepped in it. Also, right? bless you. I don't know why. Sorry. Yeah, what, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Well, you know, I just, there was so much going on here uh, that it was definitely worth chatting about today um we'll see what comes of it there'll probably be more news in the next two or three days just in regards to this because they're testing everybody like crazy i'm assuming now smackdown will be live on friday and i think they were going to tape it so we'll see what goes on here um you did bring it up and maybe i'll ask before we go here what you you thought the aj styles daniel bryan match was pretty good hey best match of the week even after watching randy orton and edge um really really good like if they said instant classic and that's i mean they throw around terms a lot that's one of the best matches i've seen on smackdown or really just on raw or smackdown or a pay-per-view in general and i'm not going to include nxt there because nxt is like a whole different breed uh they put out instant classics left and right but yeah this was really good and this is like mania level match and they let them go which is great like the match went on so long but it didn't yeah, feel four like or five it was... commercial breaks or something. Yeah, that, that kept, the commercials kept happening, and I was like, "This is nuts." Yeah, like, it was we... with, like then you get really mad they don't have picture in picture, right? Because yeah. like if there's <laughs> one match I want to watch through the commercials, it's this one. Because yeah, you know, but I mean, they're not doing anything. anything. Like, they're... well, they might not be doing anything, but those two guys probably are, right? Like maybe it slows down a little, but it's not like they're just doing rest holds for two and a half, not through four commercial breaks. I don't think. Well, I mean, it's also I, there's no crowd, so they could just stand and wait. Yeah, but we've already learned that WWE did that one time with the very first one with Bailey and Bliss and those guys, and they sort of stopped and just talked about it. And then somebody t- aired it on the news program or something, and mm-hmm. WWE was like, "Shoot, we're not doing that again." So That's they've con- they've continually through live shows just gone through the commercials like they're live shows. I, I would assume they're not doing spots in those se- sections though. Like either way, yeah, I, like regular yeah. like change. I, I assume most television programs have worked that way anyway. Even when there was a crowd, like they're told yeah. when they're going to commercials, the they tend to be told and he'll tell them like, "Hey, commercial." You can hey, almost always predict when a guy gets thrown over the top ropes. Oh, commercial's coming. Yeah, right. Like it's pretty. It's like clockwork for them. So, yeah. But it was a very good match and the best match of the week for me by far. Um. But I'm looking forward to I, seeing I where this by goes. Far, I would have said by far, but I think Edge versus Orton was so good that I don't want to like diminish it by saying like by far best match for the. Well, I I say by far only because it seemed more natural. Like Daniel Bryan well, and course. AJ Styles probably didn't even have to think that. about it. No, and they they, they probably match. called the whole thing in the ring. Yeah, whereas Edge and Randy Orton, as good as they are, that was probably extremely planned out. I mean, it was and, multiple takes, like you said. Right. right like, so they they had so many gimmicks inside that match that you you knew it was very good, but it's very planned and orchestrated. Whereas Daniel Bryan and H Style, you're probably gonna have been like, they probably just said, Okay, here's a bell, you got forty minutes, go. Yeah. Right? Like and that's what makes that match so interesting is because you know those two guys can do that without even breathing hard. And either of them could have come with a winner and no one would have been surprised. 
Yeah. That's what I liked about it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll call it there uh, for this week. I wanted to address that stuff before we moved on to other topics on the next show. But uh, mm-hmm. thanks for stealing a few minutes with me. Uh, I appreciate everybody Dolph else Ziggler. tuning in. What? Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I just feel like it's been a while since I said it, and I got two out there just now. Yeah, Dolph well, he'll, pr- he'll probably be on the show a lot more now that everybody else is going to want to go home. Uh, who, Dolph Ziggler? Yeah. <laughs> There's four. For all, all the fans keeping count, <laughs> the running tally. It's a drinking game. It's a new drinking game. <laughs> it is. I, oof, that's a dangerous drinking game. As we record <laughs> this in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> it's good. People get, uh, what is it, middle of the week, drinking it all the way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't not even, it's, it's not even hump day. It's Tuesday. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll hear it tomorrow, and then they'll be, they'll be good to go. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, I appreciate it. I will uh, talk to you in the next few days, and we'll uh, do another episode probably sometime around Fighter Fest. We'll see where Raw and SmackDown go. And, uh, yeah, for all you WWE fans, expect some changes. I foresee a few different things coming. Oh.